Hi there, welcome to Bible Size Chat. Kevin, hi. Hello. We were just you? mentioning how we're talking heads with books. Yes. The books don't ever shift, though, which the video tells angle you that it's cool. It is. It's a fantastic view. <laughs> <laughs> heads with books. Yes. Yeah, if you didn't watch that on the video and this is on the podcast, you have no idea why we're laughing. But, um, okay, so last time we talked about regeneration in the Old Testament. Yes. So we're going to go, we're going to kind of upgrade this a little bit. <clears throat> Uh, if that's the case, Old Testament saints are regenerated. Uh, I was taught as a young person, and probably you were too, and, and then I think there's a common view that at Pentecost, that's the first time the Spirit comes. Yeah. Now, we just said they're regenerated in the Old Testament. Now we've got Pentecost. So so what what's happening at Pentecost, and then how does that relate to regeneration? Yeah, good question. Huge lightning rod kind of topic. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for context, obviously we're going through this in our Bible studies of church. We're going through the entire book of Acts. We did Acts 1, which was great. And now we're walking up on Acts 2. And so we're trying to take more time to see, you know, how do we have our bearings among us like yeah. for how to navigate Acts 2? Because there's so many different opinions of what happens there. And so many different camps of people totally. who take people in all sorts of different directions. Yeah. So, and it, it is difficult. I mean, just to be clear, because yes. it is, you're, we're talking about we're talking about narrative, yes, and we're trying to formulate a theology out of a narrative, yes. which is very challenging. Yeah, one of the most like pivotal moments in human history. Yeah, and one of the most confusing yeah texts in the Bible, yeah. right? So, <laughs> yeah. um, at least historically. So you have in Acts. I think what's important to just say it is. No one got saved when tongues of fire fell on their head, you know. So, so you have that's uh, helpful. Yeah, no, like the and and Luke is actually showing us this by his language when you actually take a a, a really careful reading of Acts one, right? And you see that um, what he's what Acts two is is what he says in Acts one is the promise of the Father. The promise of the Father is described in Luke 24 as the promise of spiritual power mm. and empowerment. And you look at what that is, you look at that word, Luke consistently uses that word in Luke, the Gospel of Luke, and in Acts to refer to miraculous power. Yeah. Um, of course, there's some nuance there, but sure. when he's, the word is actually translatable as miracles. And it is in Acts 2.22, I think, when he's yep. speaking about Christ. Yep. So the word itself refers to miraculous power or divine power. Um, in most contexts, and that's what you see here in Acts. So when you study the Word, even there, um, you see that this is an empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And if we have our wits about us in the Old Testament, regeneration, what that looks like, then we can see that no one got saved when tongues of fire fell on their head. Got it. um, So coming coming into Pentecost, disciples are believers. Yep. Luke 24, Jesus has opened their mind to understand the scriptures. Yep. They're clearly saved. They understand that he's been that he's been resurrected from the dead. Uh, yeah. Regenerated saints. Mm-hmm. So the so the coming of the Spirit in Acts two is not, in some sense, like the creation of a new reality of salvation. No. So salvation stays stays the same. It's continuous through that event. Yeah. And you're what you're saying is that the act of the Spirit coming is is the giving of power. Yeah. So why do they need yeah. power? Like, what's yeah. the point? So this is where it's helpful to see <clears throat> even Luke connecting what happens in Acts at Pentecost with what happened with Jesus early in mm. the gospel. So the pattern it actually points back to Jesus at his baptism where the Spirit came upon him. And then in Luke 4, he goes about in the power, same word, yeah. of the Holy Spirit. And he's doing all sorts of miracles that authenticate and draw attention to his message Got it. to prove that God's with him. And Luke is just like 
point after point after point saying like he did this and people were curious about what he said yeah. you know and like it's it's an authenticating ministry yeah. and of, you hear that so you hear that power word coming together all mm-hmm. the time yeah okay. yeah there, the, the power isn't just you know doing something to, just for a show yeah it's not yeah. like you can just do this on your own um, for your own purpose it's specifically given for the purpose of authenticating a messenger of God who has a message that should be heard got it um, and so which is what Peter does right people try right. to discredit what's happening in Acts 2 when they say hey these guys are drunk yeah and Peter takes a stand with the 11 apostles of Christ and says actually they're not you yeah. know and so like this is actually a very biblical thing that's happening and uh, this is the outpouring of Joel 2 um, which is a pouring out of power because yeah. Joel 2 is uniquely mentioning outward manifestations of the Spirit's work. Yeah, totally. So there's a lot we could get into with this use yeah. of the Old Testament, but on a high level, you can see that it's um, the giving of power to authenticate these people yeah. as the covenant people of God, which is really important for the context of Acts 2 because yeah. you have national Jews yeah. who are there, but they're not all in the New Covenant. Right. And so to define the new covenant community with God's approval yeah. and for Peter to be able to look at the unbelieving members of Israel and say, repent and be saved yeah. from this generation. And basically you'll receive the gift of the Holy spirit. You'll be in this group. Yeah. Um, you'll come and, into the new covenant. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a way of authenticating, Hey, God is with these faithful disciples of Christ. Yeah. And, and it's a unique point. It's a plot point in the narrative yeah, yeah. of uh, redemptive so, history. So here's a question. So that, that makes sense with the Jews. So why Gentiles? Because Cornelius has the same event. Yeah, yeah. Or, or even the Samaritans. Like, what's happening there? What What is God doing in those moments? Yeah, so what's one, one thing about that, what's interesting is even in, to prove even once again that the baptism of the Spirit or the reception of the gift of the Spirit or the different ways it's said yeah, in yeah. Acts is not the same thing as salvation is Luke defines certain people like the Samaritans, he says they believed in yeah. the gospel. Yeah. And then they wait for some time, and then the apostles come down, lay their hands on them, and they receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And that's evidenced, again, by miraculous abilities, speaking signs, tongues, and wonders, things like that. Yeah. So, and similarly with Cornelius, it's, at least in the narrative, it's indistinguishable from the moment of his salvation. So yeah. it can be simultaneous, yeah. but it can be delayed. Yeah. And you see it in, in both cases. But it's distinct. And yeah. so we're trying to say it's distinct. Um, distinct from regeneration. Distinct from regeneration. You see yeah. it again in Acts 19 with Paul yeah. and the disciples of John the Baptist. But um, what God is doing in that, if you're writing for Theophilus and you're trying to convince a Gentile that God is with these people and that God is bringing the gospel to the ends of the earth to a guy like Theophilus yeah, yeah. from totally. the heart of a Jewish temple in Luke 1 to the ends of the earth in Acts 28, well, you're getting past some really steep social walls, yeah, you know, totally. like, I mean, you're walking out, even the language of, um, from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth, there's a progression from the capital city of, yeah. you know, Judaism, Israel, yeah. and then Judea, and then Samaria, who are, you know, half-breeds, yeah, quote-unquote, yeah, yeah. and then you have full-on Gentiles, yeah. and so there's this progression outward, mm. outside the bounds of Judaism, to the ends of the earth, and at those threshold moments, you have God authenticating 
the gospel going to those people with these powerful yeah. signs and things. So that so the sign. So what you're saying there, just to summarize that. So t- what you're saying is the sign is concurrent with the gospel moving forward yes. across those boundary markers. Yes. So same gospel, preaching the same gospel, and really we can read the sermons in Acts two, Acts eight. Uh, mm-hmm. You know the, the mm-hmm. sermons that are being preached as they go forward. Um, but that that. The signs are just showing, yes, this is God's work doing this thing, which you might not have been comfortable with. I mean, even the discussions yeah. with Peter and the yeah, Jews, right? He God, wasn't. <laughs> yeah. You, we heard you went into the Gentiles. He's like, yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that like, but God is showing that those boundary markers are being met. Yeah. And that, that it is really a work of his. Yes. Not just Peter deciding to go talk yes. to some Gentiles. It's his heart. And that's why you have at those critical moments of Acts 2 and... Acts 10, with the threshold into the Gentile world, you have God just unilaterally dropping the Holy Spirit, you know, in power upon these people. And it's not the laying on of hands that you see in Acts 8 and Acts 19. And so you see the means by which it advances that way, but you have, at those critical points, it's ultimately God who's just pouring this out, you know. And as as Peter says, it's Christ who's pouring it out. Um, So it's his heart for the Gentiles. And it makes sense why Luke would point out these confirmatory sign gifts. Yeah when he's writing to Theophilus and why he wouldn't point out, you know, Bob got the gift of helps, you know, yeah. and things like that. It's like, he's pointing out these things because for the narrative of Luke Acts, it makes sense. Totally. And so when we read it in context like that, it, it makes a lot more sense when we have that distinction of, okay, the reception of power, you know, the, the reception of the promise of the father, the gift of the spirit, the language, the way you, Luke is using it is for specific power to do miracles and not for conversion or totally. regeneration or salvation yeah. so it makes a lot of yeah sense. even the what you're saying there in acts 11 when he says therefore if god gave to them the same gift he gave to us also after after believing in the lord jesus yes. christ yes. who was who was i that i could stand in god's way when they heard this they glorified god and said then god has granted the gentiles the repentance that leads to life so right. after they get the sign which means it's true that they got the repentance that right. leads to life right so just confirming that that action has taken place yes. yeah yeah Super helpful, Kevin. That's so great. So when we can distinguish those, it makes a lot of sense of the narrative, and it helps to understand what Luke is saying when he says the Holy Spirit's you know coming at Pentecost. It's like we know from other passages the Holy Spirit's everywhere. Yeah. You know, so it's like so. In what sense is he coming? Yeah, yeah. And when you just have Luke very you know closely read, you can see he's trying to guide the reader to say, okay, this is power. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, right? Yeah, yeah. And you'll totally. be my witnesses and. Um, it's very, very specifically that. Yeah, that's super helpful. Okay, so next time we'll talk a little bit about uh, like how that relates to the New Covenant, what's happening there, and kind of uh, why that's not normative at this point, right? Yeah. Why why does not that not happen when we go like from to Papua New Guinea? Why yeah. don't we see the exact same thing taking place? Uh, and then like how that relates to the New Covenant, and then you know we'll maybe we'll delve a little bit into the whole Joel Joel two question. Oh, which great. Is, Awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, super helpful, man. Thank yeah. you so much. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, if you have any other questions on this topic or any topic, you can always email us at info at faithbibleoc.org. Thanks so much.